Father, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, just being good to us, Lord. You, uh, you really are um, the the ultimate healer, the ultimate provider, uh, God. And um, too often we we get caught up in the things in life that aren't going our way, the things that uh, we don't uh, don't know what to do with, the things that uh, we really are out of control. And that's when we come to you, Lord. But really, we need to to bring everything to you. We thank you for uh, just the good things that happen in our lives and uh, just being able to to celebrate uh, just a victory in you. And so, uh, Lord, I pray as uh, we get into uh, the book of 1 Corinthians uh, a little more today that uh, we wouldn't find ourselves on the, the rebuke end of things uh, as the Corinthian church did, but we would be um, just cognizant of the, the fact that um, you're you're calling us, Lord, and, and this is a letter that really is written uh, to us as the church, and so we need to take heed uh, lest we fall, uh, Lord. So I do pray that you would just speak to us uh, as we just go through some of this today. Uh, I pray for the, the chili thing, uh, the chili cook-off today, that it would be just a good time of fellowship with the church, and uh, people would just enjoy uh, you, uh, Lord. I pray that uh, the marriage conference uh, would go well this weekend, and um, Lord, I pray that we... I uh, would be serious about praying for that this week, not for our own marriages uh, per se, but the adversary is not interested uh, in us having strong marriages uh, at HBF or any any level, uh, Lord. The, the world is a messed up place and uh, the divorce rate is skyrocketing and it's just nothing new, uh, Lord. But I, I pray that we would... Uh, just pray for the speakers uh, this week, Lord. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, the marriages would uh, go into this uh, in just kind of a calm season, that you would get your word where it needs to go on time, and that really lives and marriages will be changed because of this. And so I do pray that we would lift it up this week. I pray you just speak today uh, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, guys, so if you got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians. So we started last week in, in 1 Corinthians. So uh, it seems like there were a lot of people here last week. I don't even remember. Um, last week was kind of a, just a, a whirlwind. Um, so anyway, we got started in 1 Corinthians, and uh, I don't really have time to review that. Um, but if you weren't here, just so you know, so the letter to the Corinthians is kind of a rebuke. Uh, Paul had been there. Uh, he kind of got the church going. And he went on his way, and then he's he's heard that things were not going so well. There's a lot of carnality. There's a lot of different things happening, and we're going to get into all of those things as we go through the book. Uh, but last week we kind of just looked at you know the springboard for all of that was was what who can who can tell me what was just like the we called it the gateway sin, not the gateway drug, but the gateway sin of the the Corinthian church. Division, right? Division. It was uh, was that the exact word I used? I can't even remember. Division. Yeah, it was. I thought I used something different, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. It's just basically division in the church. Uh, just uh, people um, finding cause to have an issue with somebody else for whatever reason. And you know, there were the guys that were like, "Well, uh, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Apollos, and I'm of you know Cephas. Well, I'm of Christ." And you know, it's just like, "Hey, we're following men instead of God." And so Paul goes through all that. You have to go back and listen to it. I don't have time to, to get back into it. So uh, we're going to pick up and. In verse 18. So Paul says all of this, uh, and in verse 17, I'm going to pick up there. We talked about this last week, and I'm wanting to get to 18, and uh, if we can, we'll see. I want to get through the rest of the chapter. There's not, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but in, in verse 17, it says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, because he was like, I'm glad that I didn't baptize any of you, other than a couple of you, because then you would be like, Well, we're following Paul. So anyway, he said, He sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So he says that, and that's like a a precursor to what he's getting ready to talk about. He's like, I came to preach. 
That's what I came for. If you're following me, it's because you heard something that I said and it was about Christ. You know, and uh, it reminds me of the verse that, uh, you know, says that uh, I, I don't want to... Uh, I know nothing save Jesus Christ and Him crucified, right? He's just like, I don't, I don't care what I know. That's what I want to know. And so anyway, he says that to kind of get going. So in verse 18, he picks up and he says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. The preaching, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us that are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing... The understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made the foolish, the wisdom? Uh, God made foolish the wisdom of the world, of this world. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by the wisdom knew not God. It pleased God uh, by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so I, I don't want to read through the whole thing yet. And this is kind of one of those passages where if you don't slow down. It kind of sounds like uh, Romans chapter 7. It kind of sounds like a tongue twister, and it's just like, what exactly is he trying to say here? And so I kind of broke it down because this, this whole passage is talking about, man, we've got to make sure we are preaching because if we're not preaching, we're not doing anything. You know, I, I like the, the, the concept of, you know, we really got to live it out, which we do. Uh, we really got to build relationships, which we do. We really got to earn the right to... Uh, share the gospel with people, which we don't really. Um, you know, we have the right to share the gospel with anybody. Now, I agree. I'll be the first one to tell you that, yeah, if you just want to go up to somebody on the street and tell them, hey, you're a sinner and you're going to die and go to hell, they've got the right to tell you to go somewhere, right? Uh, so it, it, it is wise to build rapport, to build a relationship. But if you're always trying to build a bridge and you never cross it, like, you've wasted your time. And so I know both sides of the coin, okay? And so there are some guys, uh, even at HBF, that would tell you, you don't have to have any right at all to share the gospel with somebody, which you don't. But you also might want to be prepared for what they might tell you to do. And so uh, there has to be somewhere in between is what I'm trying to get at. So anyway, I have, uh, I have four reasons why preaching is God's way of reaching people. That's what we're going to talk about today. Four reasons why preaching is God's way of reaching people. Is there anybody in here that would be like, you know, and my wife could probably say this, but uh, they got saved by some other means than the preaching of the Word of God. Now, you may have heard the gospel from somebody, but generally it is the preaching that really convicts you. Now, somebody shares the gospel and it gets you to church. Generally, it is the preaching, right? I, I fall into that camp. I uh, I found my way to HBF for probably all the wrong reasons. Um, it was all the wrong reasons. Uh, but it was the preaching of the Word that just said, hey, something's got to give here. You know, does that make sense? And so is is preaching. Preaching is God's method of getting the gospel where it needs to go. You sharing the gospel with the guy at the gas pump next to you, uh, even though you fumbled your way through it and you were terrified the whole time, that's preaching. You know, preaching's not just standing up here, getting all excited, jumping up and down. Preaching's not just Brian up there in front of everybody when he starts screaming, right? That's not just preaching. That's good preaching, but that's not just the only thing that you share in the gospel, you talking about Christ, you living it out, that is preaching. You know, some of the best preachers I know do more preaching by the way that they live than the way that they say. Now, again, if it's only the way that they live and it's never what they say, then there's an issue. But yes, some of the people that I know preach more by what they do than what they say. But then when they say something, man, it, it holds a lot of weight. You know, does that make sense? You know, it, it's kind of like there's people in the world that they say a lot of stuff, but you don't take it for much weight because they say a lot of stuff. You know, <laughs> let's just call it that. And then there's other people in the world that don't say a lot, but when they speak, everybody listens, right? 
So I hope that your life and my life kind of holds that same weight that it's like, you know, maybe I don't say a lot, but when I do say something, there's, there's some weight that goes with it. There's some, you know, people are like, he, he doesn't usually say much, but it, when he says something, he means it and, you know, things like that. So, uh, the first reason, uh, why preaching is God's way of reaching people is preaching reveals the true difference between wisdom and foolishness. Preaching reveals the true difference between wisdom and foolishness. And come to find out, they're not as far apart as what you think. Right? He says, I just read this, but I'm going to read it again. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Meaning, lost people, they never heard it. They never got it. And it's foolishness. You share the gospel. I mean, I heard the gospel time after time after time in my life, and it was foolishness. I'm like, you want me to do what now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's foolishness. He goes on to say, But unto us that are saved... It is the power of God. Once you get it, you get it, and you've got it. It makes sense. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the sputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? All the things that people think they know, they hold no weight in eternity. That's what he's trying to say. All the things that you might go to college for, all the things that might get you a good job, all the things that, you know, and I get it, people go to college, people, I'm not saying that's bad, I'm saying the wisdom of this world, it won't get you anywhere in eternity. That's what he's trying to say. It says, verse verse 21, For after that, in the wisdom of God, which God knew this was going to happen, uh, the world, by wisdom, knew not God. Meaning, their wisdom and God's presence, they don't add up. Right? That's why college campuses, that's why even high schools today, that's why really the, the education, really the world, let's just call it what it is, they try to, to basically take away the argument of God very quickly. They try to explain it away, they try to science it away, they try to do all the, and now it's coming back around where all the things, um, what's, what's the movie, uh, the kid goes to college and, uh, God's not dead, yeah. Uh, it's it's a basically it's, I don't know if you've if you've seen the movie it's, it really is a good movie because the the guy makes really good arguments but he goes to to college as a Christian the professor basically tries to to cut him down um, it's pretty harsh on him and then throughout the movie obviously there's plot twists in it and everything else like any good movie um, but uh, it it's just basically the argument of you know you might have kids and you might think that they're on the straight and narrow but once they get into the world you got to understand there are fiery darts and they're coming. Right? And, uh, man, it, it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, guys. So, anyway, the whole point is, like, there is an argument for Christ, and you've got to be willing to make it. You've got to be willing to say it. You know, the, the difference between wisdom and foolishness is the gospel. The difference between the, the world will tell you you're a fool. The world will tell you you've just got your head in the sand. The difference between wisdom and foolishness is the gospel. You know, people will tell you that, oh, you, you, you can't believe that. You can't live that. You can't do that until you do. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, why didn't I do it sooner? Why shouldn't I do it? Why wouldn't we have done it? The, the, the difference between wisdom, wisdom and foolish, it's the gospel. That's, that is what it is. You have to learn to live it out. You have to learn to do it. Over and over again in my personal life, people said, you got to do this. You need to hear this. You need to get right with this. And I thought, you know, maybe I should. But it was foolishness until it became wisdom. The difference between the two is just simply that. It is the gospel becoming real in your life. And we'll, we'll, it goes on to talk about that. But that's the first reason why God uses preaching. Because it's foolishness until it's not anymore. 
You know, I don't know that anybody in here would be like, hey, the first time I heard the gospel, I accepted it. I was just like, yeah, I got to have me some of that. No, it was foolish. The first time you heard it, you were like, you, what? And you've got churches full of these people? What? Until it finally became wisdom to you. And then it's like, the way I was living was foolishness. The difference between wisdom and foolishness is, is the gospel. Verse 22, he says, For the Jews require a sign, and the, Greek, the, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness. But under them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The second reason why preaching is God's way of reaching people is because preaching reaches people where they're at. Preaching reaches people where they're at. There is no, no matter what it is in life, right? Uh, John's a mechanic, right? There is no, like, one-size-fits-all wrench. It just doesn't work that way. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, there's four different sizes of screwdrivers. Like, why does it got to be like that, right? There's no one-size-fits-all tool when it comes to doing whatever you do. Like, my wife, we, we go to Home Depot, and she's like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to buy today? And it's like, well, i got to have a new tool for what I'm doing, right? And it's just the way it works. you got to have a different tool. It, whatever, there is no one-size-fits-all anything in the world, it doesn't matter what you do. There, there just isn't. There is no one argument that will solve this. There is no one like fix-all that will fix all marriages. There is no one answer that will you know, cause you to be perfect parents. There is no one whatever that's going to have you be great at finances. There, like, there is no one like, hey, that's what you need. If this is what you need, this is what you got to have. If this is what you need, this is what you got to have. There is no one-size-fits-all except for Christ except for him in your life. Preaching reveals, it reaches people where they're at. Nothing in the world can just say, hey, this is what you need other than preaching. Preaching can, the same message can go out to somebody who's been saved for 70 years to somebody who's been saved for three days, and they're going to get completely different things out of it. But man, they're going to get something out of it because that's what preaching does. Preaching meets people where they're at. The message that like convicts my heart and says, hey, you need to give it up and go to the field, the message that pricks my heart and says, hey, you need to lay it down and get saved, might be the same message that tells somebody else, you know, hey, you need to get your head out of your you-know-what and you know, start being a man or start being a father or start being whatever. Preaching meets people where they're at. That's just what it does. That's why we preach. Brian doesn't get up there and say, okay, this is what, one another reason why we don't just do like topical sermons for the most part like hey we're going to talk about marriage because you know not everybody's going through marriage issues you know we're, well, well i'm not married i'm just not going to come to church for the next six weeks while we're going through this we're going to go through the book and we're going to let god convict your heart however he's going to do it like that's one of my favorite things about preaching or teaching is i just teach what's on the page i like i know some of the things that are going on in y'all's life but like at the end of the day i don't know the the deep down stuff you ain't going to tell me anyway so i I just, I just, this is what's on the page. Uh, allow the word of God to, to convict you how it will, right? Or not, or, you know, uh, affirm you or any of those things. But it reaches people where they're at. It says that in verse 22, for the Jews require a sign and the, Greek, the Greeks seek after wisdom. They're after different things. The Jews are looking for a sign for what? The, the return of the Messiah. The, the fact is he was there. He like smacked them in the face and they still didn't get it. So the sign was not really what they were looking for. The Greeks seek after wisdom. They're just after what can I know? What can I know? What can I know? They're Gnostics, right? And it says, uh, verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified. We don't just cater to, okay, you're looking for a sign. So here, I'm going to preach to you this week. And you're after wisdom. I'm going to preach to you this week. What's it say? He says, we preach Christ. 
And we'll let him take care of all of it, right? He says, we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, meaning I'm going to preach and hopefully you'll trip over what I say and realize that you're not as good as you think you are. That's what he's saying. It's going to meet you where you're at, the Jews. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. Because when I preach and you're lost, you think it's foolishness. Go back to the last point until you realize that it's not. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, how did I miss this? Right? Preaching meets you where you're at. That's why we preach. That's why we don't do topical. That's why we don't do like one size fits all. Hey, okay, you've got a marriage issue. Here's the book you need to read. That's another reason I don't really love books. Because books are aimed at, you know, unless they're really just going to take you back to the book, be careful. You know, there are good books in the world. My wife reads a lot of them. I'm just saying, like, be careful with, you know, oh, this is your issue. Go to a book. Go to a book. Because then what happens is you get a library full of books and you never open the book. Right? And that's, that becomes an issue. Right? Preaching reaches people where they're at. That's why we do it. It's the craziest thing. People come all around the country, all around the world. They get together one day of the week, and they get up and they listen to sometimes one guy, sometimes multiple people, uh, just preach at them. I mean, there's no other word to use other than just preach at them. And they just do it week after week after week. And like, why would they do that? Like, the lost world looks at it and they're like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? It meets me where I'm at. Like, sometimes I don't even know what I need until I hear the preaching, and I'm like, oh, I better, I better get that straightened up. Like, I didn't even know that I needed it until I, I get it. You know, that's just because God knows us better than we know us. That's the second reason why preaching is the way God reaches people. He goes on to say in verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, now he's talking to the church here, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. That doesn't mean called to salvation. It means called to actually step forward and get saved. Some people will take that verse and they'll be like, see, this is talking about, you know, elections, Calvinism, you know, not everybody's called to get saved. Everybody's called to get saved. I was called to get saved, but I didn't answer the call until I actually did something about it. So that's what that's talking about. Don't get confused. He says, not many wise, not many uh, after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Verse 28, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and uh, things which are not to bring, uh, things which are not to bring to naught the things uh, that are. The third reason why preaching is God's way of getting to people is preach, preaching restructures the world as we know it. I didn't realize it till I was like three into this thing. I'm like, well, they're all R words, so I've got to come up with an R word, right? I don't usually do that. That's usually a hedges thing. But preaching restructures the world as we know it. What does that mean? We look at the world as lost people and we see it, okay, this is, this is how things are. This is just how things are. This is just how things are. You can't do anything about it. This is just how people are. Preaching and allowing preaching to change your life restructures the way that we know it, Right? Over and over and over again in the Bible, God uses the weak things to confound the wise, right? Uh, there's a new uh, Casting Crown song, and it's not the one that I was talking about last night. That one's funny too, though. Uh, it's called Second Opinions. You should listen to it. Anyway, we don't have time for that right now. There's a different new Casting Crown song. There must be a new album. I was listening to just Casting Crowns. But anyway, uh, it talks about like... It goes through some of just the crazy things in the world. Who builds a boat before it rains, right? Uh, who... Uh, uh, who picks a fight with a giant who he just goes on and on and on like all the over and over and over again in in the bible there's like 
all these things that are happening. It's like this, this, that's not normal. That's not, you don't do that. You don't, why would you do that? Right? There's a line in the song who, who goes into the lion's den and turns it into a petting zoo, right? Who, who goes into the uh, furnace and has church, like all these different things. Like the, the craziest things in the world, the things that seem completely illegitimate are the things that we as Christians look at and we're like, that's totally normal. The world looks at it and they're like, that's, that's stupid. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen without faith. You're correct. Right? And that's why we're different than you and you're different than us. But it restructures the way that the world as we know it because the things that we think we know aren't really how we know them with Christ. They're just not. Like the things that we think, oh, there's no way that can happen. Well, you're right, except for with Christ. Um, you, can, you can get real for a minute. There was a time in, in Paige and I's life, uh, we were lost. Uh, we had even just gotten saved. And uh, both of us just got saved. Our marriage was like, I, I would say that it was a wreck, but it was worse than that. Like, if you want to hear our testimony sometime, it would be really cool to, to share it. But it was, it was messed up, right? It was, it was totally bad. And you want to tell me, like, I knew that this thing was over. She knew that this thing was over. It was just like a timing thing. There was no, except, except with God. Right, except with the power of Christ. I'm just telling you, like whatever it is in your life that you think I know that's how it is, it doesn't have to be that way because God can change anything. He just He does. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, you can't do that. You can't go there. You can't say that. You can't. Except for I can with Christ. Except for I, it restructures the world as we know it. The things that we think can't be done. It says that. Uh, uh, not many of them are called, meaning they're not going to answer, but it says God hath chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. Why? Because it's not going to... It's one thing for God to use like the smartest guy in the world to do whatever, but then the smartest guy in the world is going to do what? He's going to take the glory for himself. We're kind of getting to the next point. It's, it's one thing for you know, the, the fastest person in the world, but he, he says he doesn't use those very often. He says very often. It's kind of like watching athletes. There's not very many of them that are like, yeah, I can do the things I do because God gave me the ability to. There are a few. But not many. Why? Well, that leads to the next point. But it says, not many, not many. He's chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He's chosen the weak things in the world to confound the things which are mighty. Like, David was a little dude. And I know we read later in his life and he became mighty. But like, you got to understand, when David went up to, to the battle and he saw Goliath, like, there wasn't even a, well, if nobody else is going to do anything, I should. He, he said, well, so what, did, what did he say? He says, is there not a cause? It's like, I don't even care if I die. At least I died for what God has called me to do. You know, too many people, Christian people, they're just like, yeah, I, I want to I serve the Lord. I want to do this. I want to do that. But they never actually do anything because, oh, my gosh, I might have to not be comfortable. I might have to actually step out and do something. You know, David's just like, is there not a cause? Uh, they're not going to blaspheme God. At least, I, either either he's going to stop, or I'm going to die, one or the other. But I'm not going to hear it anymore, you know. And that ought to be our our, our thought on life. Like, either the the world is going to get saved, or they're going to hear me talk about it a whole lot, one or the other. Because like, I'm not going to 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 just listen to this static over here and not and not at least do something about it. Like, that's what we're called to do, over and over again. He just uses these. These crazy things. He says, uh, choosing the weak things in the world to confound the, which are mighty, and the base things of the world, meaning just the simple things, to confound the things which are mighty. In the base, or, I'm sorry, in the, in the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, uh, and things which are not, to bring to naught the things which are. He's just, he's just like, we see things in a worldly perspective, even as Christians, almost all the time. We look at it, we say, that can't be done. We look at it and say, 
that's not that's not logical. And it's okay. Like sometimes you need to say that's not logical. It's not logical for me to, you know, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say something stupid, but it's not logical to, you know, just do something that's dumb. But it's also not logical to say, well, it just can't be done. You know, the world can't be reached. My neighbor can't get saved. You know, my kids can't uh, follow Christ. My wife will never choose to follow. My husband will never figure it out. Like, the the things that we want to say can't be done, God's just like, hey, watch this. There's a different thing the world would say, but uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> See, you're, you're tracking with me. God's just like, the things that you think, hey, it can't be done, God's just like, okay. You know, so there are some things, you're right, uh, probably won't be done, at least until Christ comes back. But there's nothing that can't be done. And so we have to make sure that we're not of the mindset, oh my gosh, preaching restructures the way that we see the world. It really does. It, it restructures our life. It restructures our priorities. Everything about it. Like if you would have known me before I got saved, not even just the, the crazy sin that was going on in my life, but like there was a structure and it was, uh, we're going to work because i got to provide. It was just the way that it is. Like I'm going to... And so, yeah, we, we work a lot now, but it's for a different purpose. You know, and we're always striving towards something. And, you know, whatever it is, you just got to understand that Christ changes things. The preaching of the world changes the way that we see things. That's what we're talking about. And then the last reason why preaching is God's way of reaching people, and we're kind of just surface scratching this stuff, but I, mean, I think you guys kind of get it, so I didn't want to spend two or three weeks going through just this stuff, but... There's some more stuff I want to get to as we get farther into this, but he goes on to say, basically, I've, I've used all these crazy things to confound the world, and here's why. That no flesh should glory in his presence. No, that's the only thing that verse says. Usually the verses are longer. Sometimes it's the short verses that just really get your attention. That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him ye are in Christ Jesus, who of God... Uh, is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. The first reason why preaching is God we are reaching people is because preaching requires God getting the glory. You can't get up and preach. I mean, you just can't do it. You cannot get up and actually preach the word and try to take the glory for it. You can't get up and do something in the power of God and then be like, hey, look what I did. You just can't do it. Right? If you're really submitted to God and whatever it is you do, you go on a mission trip and you're like, God, I really pray that you would really get the glory for all of this, right? And then he does, and then you know, amazing things happen. You come back and you're like, hey, this is what we did. You honestly can't do that. That's, that's what it is. A life in Christ doesn't allow you to do that. You know, an athlete who really submits himself to the Lord, and they're like, God, I want to give you the glory for all of them. I want to go out and, and, and God really uses them. Like, you'll see an athlete every now and then, it's just like, I couldn't have done it without, you know, God in my life. I couldn't have done it without the power of God. Like, it's because if you're really submitted to it, it requires God getting the glory. If you're going to get up and you're going to preach the word, if you're going to get out there and share the gospel and somebody actually gets saved and you were terrified the whole time you did it, and you're not going to be like, hey, look at that, man, I, I was really good at that. It requires you to be like, it was not me at all. It was God. It was all God. Preaching requires God to get the glory. He's, he's just like that no flesh should glory in his presence. I use the little things. Because if I use the smart people, they'd say, oh, look what I did. If I use the strong people, they'd say, oh, look how I did it. Right? If It just doesn't happen like that. God says, hey, 
I'll take care of it. And the only thing I want from you is to be like, hey, look what God did. Not look what I did, but hey, look what God did. You know, I remember after four long years of HBI, um, I was in a different place in life, and I was just like, man, I'm just amazed that I was able to even struggle through this. But at the end, there was like, there was nothing I could point to other than it's like, this was all of God and my wife. But it was all God um, pushing me, allowing me, right? And then even looking back since then, it's like, at that point in my life, I was like, man, I, I did it, right? God allowed me to do this, and I made it through it. I did all, even then, it's like, I thought I was somewhere, and I look back, and I'm like, I didn't know nothing when I graduated HB. I didn't know nothing at all, Right? It was then that I actually started like getting my feet wet and actually doing something, like really doing something. And it's just crazy because I'm sure in 10 years I'll look back and I'll be like, I didn't know nothing because I still don't know nothing. But it requires God getting the glory. If every step you take is a step of faith, then God gets all the glory. But if the steps you take are like, well, I know this is a safe one. I know this is the right thing. And sometimes you've got to take the next right step. But, it, you know, it's not always got to be the safe one. It's not always the, the easy one. If every step you take is of faith, then God has to get the glory. Right? Well, I, by faith, I signed us up for a mission trip. I don't know how we're going to pay for it. Well, now we're on the trip. God gets the glory for that. And then you're on the trip, and it's like, well, I don't really feel comfortable here. And then people get saved, and it's like, well, God must be using it. If every step you take is of faith, then God has to get the glory. But if, but if not, then, then what? God uses the simple things. Right? We're from Harrisonville. There ain't nobody in here, I would guess, that's going to be like, man, I, I am really good at what I do. I am, I'm really special. I am something. Like, no, we, we, that's just the way we're Midwest folks, right? You know, we're not from California or wherever else where we just think we got it figured out, right? Uh, we, we're just not. Like, we're just basic people. Like, that's the way I was raised. I'm just, I'm just a little, I'm, I just do what you can, you know, it fits right into the teaching of the Word of God. Like, we are basic people, do basic things. I just simply want to walk by faith, allow God to work through me. Like, that's what it is. Like, preaching is what allows all that to happen. So, if we don't hear the preaching, you're not going to be convicted. And if you don't do the preaching, then how's God going to get the glory? I mean, honestly. How? And I'm not talking about just saying, but I'm not talking about just living either. There has to be some of both. You know, too often we got people who talk a whole lot and they don't ever live it. And we got a lot of people who live a whole lot, but they're too scared to, to, to say it. Well, there has to be both. So that's, that's what I got, guys. You know, God, God uses this stuff. He really does. And make sure you're hearing the Word. Don't ever find yourself in a point in life where it's like, I don't need to hear the Word right now. I, I'm, I, I'm good, right? And we all get there. We all get there where it's like, oh, I've got this going on. I've got this going on. Or I can't be there today. I can't. Well, guess what? One day turns into two days. One, two days turns into two weeks. The next thing you know, you've been gone for six months. And then what? Right? Sometimes you just got to be the first one to say, you know what? I got to figure this out. And it's got to start with just submitting to, to hearing the word. Because when you hear the word, then it convicts you to live the word. Right? That's what preaching is all about. That's why we do it. That's why week after week, buildings are full of people that just want to hear somebody get up and preach the word. Because it changes lives. That's why. All right, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Go preach to somebody this week. Father, I love you. I thank you uh, for just uh, being good to us, Lord. Um, there's a lot of things happen in life, and we like to ask why, and we like to wonder, you know, what if. And, and God, we really just need to learn how to be at peace with you. Um, 
sometimes even in the, the crazy things of the world, we just need to learn to give you the glory and make sure you get it. Uh, I pray that everything that we do, everything we say, uh, every word that we even think, Lord, uh, you're getting the glory for it. And, and if not, Lord, I pray that just one by one we would start to pluck those things out, Lord, because I want my life to really just point to you. And that's that's the only thing that... Um, we, we really need to, to be focused on, Lord, is just allowing you to get the glory from our lives. So I pray that uh, as we go into this week and the marriage conference coming up, that if we're going, we would be praying for you know our marriage and the marriages of others. If we're not going, that we would lift the conference up. Uh, Lord, you, you really do change uh, lives. You change marriages through things like this. So I do pray... Um, that you would just uh, get the glory from it, that the Word of God is preached. I pray for the things that are going on in the people's lives. There's a lot of stuff happening in the people of Passpoint, people of HBF. and uh, Lord, I do pray you get the glory for it, whether they be good or bad. Um, Lord, I think back to uh, Gwen Arney's funeral, and it's a, just a tragedy. But, Lord, you got the glory. There's no question about it. And so um, uh, it's just a real example of what Paul said, whether I live or die, Lord, Christ is gained. And so, uh, Lord, I do pray you just uh, really use this uh, um, just to, to get the gospel where it needs to go. I pray for Pastor Brian as he preaches this morning uh, that um, just we would... Really just hear it and apply it, Lord, as he preaches the word. In Christ's name, amen.